This is Talking Small Business with Kat Schmoyer and Megan Martin, a podcast for creatives who like to keep it real about what it actually takes to grow an online business. We're competitors turned biz besties who chat daily, and now we're bringing you into the conversation. Hey y'all, Kat here. Welcome back to Talking Small Business. I'm so excited about today's episode. So Megan and I are going to be diving into the trendy word. Well, actually, I guess it was like the word of 2020, but I feel like it's still a little bit of the word of 2021, pivot. All right. And if there are any Friends fans out there, I always think of Ross with the couch walking up the stairs, like trying to pivot. Like literally, that's what (laughs) I always like visualize that scene happening whenever I hear this word. Um, But we want to talk about pivoting and pivoting specifically in your business what we have done, how we have pivoted our own businesses over the last few years, and reasons why you might need to pivot, and then how to potentially make that pivot be strategic for your business and for your family. So I'm really excited about what we're talking about today. We shared a little bit in episode one about our history. Um, we talked a little bit about you know Megan's um, business history and my own business history, but we want to dig a little bit deeper into that today because we have both made a lot of pivots in our creative small business careers, and that's really helpful um, for you guys to have that insight on where we come from and um, what those pivots have looked like and why we made the pivots that we've made. So. Megan, I'm going to um, pass the ball over to you and let you kick us off with talking through um, what that pivot has looked like for you. Yeah. Um, I am what you would call a multi-passionate creative. <laughs> Enneagram 7. <laughs> I am an Enneagram 7, but um, I am definitely a multi-passionate creative. And if you are a multi-passionate creative, I'm glad you're listening and you absolutely belong here and you can and absolutely will be successful even as a multi-passionate creative, no matter what anybody says. So I'm just starting off with that to say that I have taken many, 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 many pivots in my business since the day I started. I started, I think, in August of 2011. So I'm I'm at 10 years this August. And in that 10 years, I have done many different things inside of this business that I call Megan Martin Creative. And it started, like I shared in episode one, as a wedding planner. I In 2011, uh, we got married, my husband and I, on January 1st of 2011. And then I opened up my wedding planning business shortly after that. The typical story, the bride who loved planning her wedding, wanted to do it for other people. Like, I own it. That was my story. And... Um, I really, really loved the design and creative aspect of wedding planning, which is why I went into wedding planning. So I was the girl who loved to, you know, design or like dream up the way that the wedding was going to look from every detail, from the large perspective, all the way down to like what flower we were going to use in the bouquet, right? So um, my whole passion was about the creative side. And so As an Enneagram 7, now that you know, um, if you study personalities at all, you will know that an Enneagram 7 is not a highly logistical person by (laughs) nature. (laughs) Um, And so literally, even though there is part of a wedding planner's job to design an event, the majority, the core of the wedding planner's job is to keep the planning on track, right? To create the plan 
down to the minute to the second. You're you're managing people as a wedding planner. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And I am not a highly logistical person. If you read my Myers-Briggs, I'm an ESFP, and it literally says that you repel structure. Well, it's hard to put an entire event on and manage a lot of people if you don't like structure. So I realized um, within a couple years of running my business that, you know what, I I am not, I should not be a wedding planner. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I really shouldn't be a wedding planner. And I loved, I really did love the creative side, but I, um, in my early days of wedding planning, I remember getting quotes from people to design my brand and website. And, um, I remember the numbers coming in the door as a brand new business owner. We're talking like, you know, this was back in 2011. So I'm about to say prices that I, I charge much more at this point to design a website. But like when I was a baby business owner to get a, to get a number of $2,000 to design your website was like shocking to me at the time. I could not afford $2,000. I started my wedding planning business on a whim because I liked planning my wedding. And Jeremy lovingly was like, no, you're not going to spend $2,000 to design your website that you just randomly started this business for, you know? Um, And so I quickly realized that if I was going to have the brand that I wanted to put out there, the way that I wanted it to look, I was going to have to figure out how to do it by myself. And so I taught myself brand and website design which led me to the next pivot, which after I launched a website for my brand, people started asking me if I would do the same for them. And that led me into my next pivot, which led me into my next pivot after that, which is selling digital products for the same people who were asking me for help, which led me to my next pivot, which was now teaching people how to sell digital products because they want to know how I started selling digital products in the first place. Um, But I really have like over and over pivoted and I just enjoy exploring and trying new things in general. And I don't want to do the same thing for the rest of my life. Um, So pivoting has been really like the story that continues on in my business, even to this day, 10 years later. I love it. And it has always made me chuckle that you are a wedding planner in the very, very beginning. <laughs> now that I yeah. know you so well, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Megan, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, and I know you said like at the beginning, I loved the um, the shout out to all of our multi-passionate friends and just, you know, saying like, hey, like we see you and we hear you and like we'll very much like resonate with that mentality. Um, I think it's really cool because even though, yes, wholeheartedly, you're very multi-passionate and you have a variety of skills, I do see how one pivot has led you to the next pivot has led you to the next pivot. And so I know we're going to get into that, you know, in thinking through, do you need to pivot and how to strategically pivot? But I hope you can see as like an encouragement to you, like hearing you say that, like looking back, it is really cool to see one move open the door for the next move, which opened the door for the next move. And you couldn't have necessarily seen that from the beginning, but now looking back. I mean, hindsight really is always 2020. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yes, (laughs) yes. It's like, as I, you know, because I am the explorer that I am and I am not, um, as afraid of failure in trying new things that a lot of people struggle with that kind of fear of failure, like my, it absolutely has like progressed over time. Like when I start something new and I try something new and I find something that like really fits and I excel at, I'm, it's led to the next pivot. So it's been a natural flow for me. Yeah. I love that. I feel like a 
I, well, actually, I don't know. You and I are both pretty risk averse. I don't know if that's just an entrepreneur, you know, thing. Um, but I, I feel like for us, we are pretty risk averse. And so we're willing to take a jump and, and like yeah. see what happens. Um, for sure. I've definitely done that. So mine is similar to Megan's in that I started as a wedding planner as well. Um, and similar to Megan in that um, <laughs> I didn't actually even know this until we were having this conversation, but I started mine and did the very cliche thing of I planned my own wedding. So now let me start my business. So within just a few months of getting married, I launched my first brand, Dear Sweetheart Events. It's still a company that is up and running right now. I take very, very limited number of couples and I work exclusively at one venue. So for me, my first pivot didn't come from completely you know, reinventing the wheel in terms of going from one product or one service to another service. Mine came from, I'm just going to add more to the services that I'm already providing. So for me, that came in the pivot of creating Creative at Heart Conference. And so launching that brand, launching that conference. I was a wedding planner. I was very in tune with the industry and seeing the ins and outs of the industry. And I felt like the need was education that Creative at Heart offers. I wanted to create an in-person event because of my love for events and my heart for in-person education. And so 10 months into starting my first business, I launched Creative at Heart, which then shortly after that became its own business, like a true business entity, its own thing. Um, so then you know, this was back 2015. Now I have two businesses and I'm running weddings. I'm doing floral design within my wedding company. I'm hosting the conference. We're thinking through other you know, ways that we can serve and love our attendees um, and what whether that's digital products, you know, what that would look like. And then I also started to get requests for more of me. People looking at me and saying, hey, Kat, I want coaching from you. Hey, Kat, you should teach people how to host a conference. Hey, Kat, you should teach people how to be wedding planners. And that led me to start my third brand, which is the Catch Moyer brand. Um, so I, my pivots have been very different from Megan's in that like, I probably should have like stopped and then started other things, but I just like kept adding, which is true to my nature of an Enneagram 3 I genuinely love working. Like I love a full plate. I love a long to-do list. I really thrive in that atmosphere. And so for me, adding more to my plate was never something that I shied away from. Now that can be to my detriment and I will totally be the first to call out those workaholic tendencies, the work-life balance, all of that. Absolutely. Um, but when just thinking on like the business side of things, it was something that I've just always enjoyed doing more. And so that's how my pivots began was more, 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 more. Now, over the years, since starting that first brand in 2013, I've had to scale back on things. So one of the ways, like I mentioned, that first brand, my wedding planning company, it's still in existence, um, but I take five weddings a year. I work at the same venue. So I scaled back. I don't offer floral design. I offer one package for all of the couples that I'm offering. You know, So I was scaling back knowing that there is only one of me and I want to be able to do other things in my business or with my other other businesses. So how can I stay active and still get to like wear that multi-passionate hat where I do love wedding day. I do like what that means, but I'm not going to do 30 or 40 weddings in a year. I'm going to do five. I'm going to have one package. It's going to be at one venue. So that's how I like kind of managed that. And it was allowed me to pivot into having our conference. And so with our conference, 
we have it annually, uh, COVID pending, we have it annually. Um, we have a membership community within Creative at Heart where we offer on-demand resources for our um, attendees to be able to have access to content, not just at the conference, but on a regular basis all throughout the year. And then my coaching brand has really grown specifically in 2020. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit of like why you might need to pivot and how to figure out the pivot. And for me, pivoting into coaching was a necessity. Um, and I was able to scale that up, right? Rather than scaling back, I was able to scale up with group coaching programs and mastermind programs and one-on-one -on -one coaching and integrator services and just ways that I could leverage my superpower um, and be able to lean into that. So it's really cool, even just in me hearing Megan talk through her pivots, sharing a little bit more about my pivots. And I hope helpful for you guys in understanding how truly multi-passionate both of us are. Um, and also though, the fact that like, gosh, we really have been around the block with a variety of different types of business models, a variety of different clientele that we've been serving from services to digital products, to tangible products, like so many different things. Um, and here we are today, you know, continuing to work through pivots, continuing to understand our ideal customer and, and foresee potential pivots that are, you know, going to happen in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I I feel like I grew up with my business. Like I started my business in my early 20s and so I don't even feel like I knew myself in my early 20s. You know, like Absolutely. You know, I don't know about you, but I feel like the person that I was in high school is just so vastly different than the person I am today. And it was like I I went through this process during my early 20s of like now that I'm not in that bubble that I grew up in, um, who am I, you know? And so I started my wedding planning business um, right on the fringes of that part of my life. And so over the last 10 years, I've grown up and I've learned who I am and I've learned what I care about and what I'm passionate about. And so for me, pivoting was has been less about adding or a necessity, but for me, pivoting is about has been about like finding myself and finding what makes me excited to come to work every day. And so it's just interesting even to hear like, and I think this is the next perfect segue into like, let's talk about why you might need to pivot. What are the reasons behind pivoting? Um, so I think Kat, like even talking about necessity first, I think is, is really powerful. Yeah. So for, I mentioned this before you guys, but in Last year, in 2020, it feels like a lifetime ago, um, the pivot was an absolute necessity for my business. The majority of my revenue streams were tied to a service. Um, yes, I had digital offerings and I, I love the digital business model. And, and we've talked on this podcast before about email marketing and about, you know, utilizing your funnel and, and all of that. But um there was still a bulk of my business that was service, whether it was a wedding, whether it was the conference that we host. Um, and it, honestly, even, co I mean, coaching is a service. So um, there was a bulk of my business that was service. And in 2020, as we all know, there was a pandemic. Everybody was touched by this pandemic. Um, my business was absolutely one of those. We had to cancel our 10th conference. We refunded all of those attendees. We lost out on those contracts. We, you know, had to go through that, muddle through that for my wedding. I was actually had my daughter last year. And so I had already scaled even further back on weddings than what I normally have. Um, but the weddings that I did have, I 
was either postponing or canceling those. And so I felt like I was backed into a corner and the pivot absolutely had to happen for the revenue of my brands. Like there was no if, ands, or buts about it. I needed to bring in something. And how was I to do that? Um, and Megan and I didn't even mention this before. And I think this is super important for those of y'all that don't know, Megan and I's businesses are both the supporting businesses for our families. And so Megan and I are, it's not only the, and this is not to say if you're a solopreneur and your, you know, husband or your spouse has a wonderful job that you're alleviated from the burden of, you know, having to provide financially. But I do believe that when your business is the sole financial provider for your family, there's an added weight and an added pressure. And so in 2020, I absolutely felt that weight of like, how am I going to pay our bills? How am I going to pay my family's bills? I, I, what am I going to do here? And so for me, the pivot came out of a necessity. Yeah. Which is uh, a lot of people in 2020 had that same story, you know, which is why pivot became the word of 2020, you know, yes. because so many of us, we're struggling and you, you experienced that. Um, absolutely. And it was scary. It was even scary as your friend to like walk alongside you and like hear your story and that. And so I think obviously if you realize that there is a serious necessity for your life in order to support yourself financially, then you need to be able to entertain the idea of pivoting. And Kat, you were able to like quickly create offerings that weren't there. So you were doing, you know, your conference and um, tell us a little bit about the offerings that you like quickly put together in order to make that pivot and start picking up the pieces again. I mentioned before that I have three brands. And so the Catch Moyer brand was the brand that I really leaned heavily into in 2020. And um, it, one of those hindsight's 2020 things, <laughs> lots of the, the word 20 here, but um, hindsight really is 2020. And now I see even in last year of the pivots that I made with that brand how impactful that is continuing to be in for my business in a good way, in a positive way. Like, so I was making pivots out of necessity, but now I've seen so much fruit, not just in the financial fruit, but in just like impact and my strengths and like just passion and love that I have for the work that I'm doing. So last year with having to cancel weddings, having to cancel the conference, the pivot for me came down to, okay, what am I good at? What do my people need from me and how can I deliver on these things? And so some of that was absolutely doing the heart work of, okay, well, what can I do, right? Like I'm not a web designer. So I wasn't about to like throw up a show at template and like put, pretend to like play in that like field. It would not have worked. But for me in evaluating like, okay, what am I good at doing? I realized it's that quarterly planning, the calendar part of things project management, like taking a plan, putting it into action. And so I launched a group coaching program to show people how to do that with passive profit. I launched a mastermind program to come alongside women, high level, a lot of me, a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of Vox conversations, like let me muddy through business with you in this high touch, high level area. And thankfully, my audience responded really well to these offerings. So they were offerings that, again, came out of a necessity. I needed to bring in revenue. We were not going to make our projections for the end of the year. But thankfully, I had some things. I had an email list. I had a pulse on my audience. And I was able to say, okay, here's what they want from me. Let me try to do this next and see what happens. Yeah. And you did really well at it. So, I mean, 
now you're it's just a testament to see how your business has grown even in just the last year and how those pivots have led to more pivots which i think we can get into in a minute but i think it brings another good reason up to to dive into is so cat you pivoted out of a necessity which i think a lot of people can resonate with that story but also i think a real reason that you might need to pivot is because the industry is demanding mm-hmm. you to pivot mm-hmm. and so this is like another uh, lens of 2020. So for me, I pivoted in 2020, not because not out of necessity so much. Like I was almost like uh, preparing for necessity, but I really pivoted because the industry was demanding that I pivot and I went along with that. And so my story in 2020 looked more like less like, you know, my I wasn't seeing money going out the door because I had to refund a bunch of people and contracts were being canceled and all of these different elements that Kat experienced. But in 2020, I had a plan for what I was going to do and how I was going to show up. And then COVID hits and the world shuts down. And my audience, um, I help people learn how to create and sell digital products. And so a lot of my audience actually is made up of service providers who are interested in the idea of digital products, but haven't actually taken the first step to create a digital product or some sort of passive revenue stream in their business. And so when the world shut down and literally everyone that's similar to Kat's story is losing all of their contracts, they're losing out on money and they're freaking out about what, how are they going to sustain their life and their family, right? Um, they immediately started turning to me for help. They said, you know, because I had experience running a digital product business and I have been sharing about this experience for a very long time. So I came into a pivot, not because out of necessity so much, but because the industry was demanding it and everybody needed help. And so in 2020, I opened up a membership for digital product creators and had zero plan to do so. Like never on my radar was they're a membership for digital product creators. Like Kat, you know this, like I never once in 2019 or any year prior to it, did I talk about creating membership for digital product business owners, right? Right. Never. You told me and you launched it in six days. Yes. I mean, that's how (laughs) it happened. Like the world shut down in 2020. People started DMing me immediately. Like, Hey, I want to create a webinar. I want to do this. I want to do that. What tools should I use? Um, How do you set up a sales funnel? Um, you know, what sales page do I need or what needs to go on my sales page? I mean, people were flooding my DMs with questions about this stuff. And so Jeremy and I got the idea that we should create a membership to help people create digital products. And in six days, literally from idea to six days, we launched it because there was a massive need and the industry was demanding it. And we grew so quickly. We grew to a thousand members in five months, which was just proof that the industry was demanding it. So if you are in a position where, you know, it might not be as dramatic as 2020 and my story, but the truth is like, you can have your plans and girl, make your plans, follow Kat's quarterly plan, get her calendar, mark off, use your post-it notes, do whatever you want, but you also need to stay nimble. And that's the beauty of small business is that you're not running a large major corporation that's bloated and hard to pivot. You as a small business owner have the ability to stay nimble. And when the industry is telling you that they need something that you can provide, you can capitalize on that 
and show up and get something out there quickly for them, which is like what my story was in 2020. Absolutely. I love that. And it really is such a testament to understanding what is happening around you, right? Like having your eyes open. And for you, it was more of an obvious, like, okay, people are DMing me. Like I need to like I need to do something about this. Um, but also if, if you feel like you you don't know that, you're like, oh, well, what do my people want? You know, I, I like, I'm trying to ask, I'm not getting feedback. Just keeping a pulse on the industry as a whole, right? Like maybe that's being in some Facebook groups with, you know, whatever your niche is. If there's, you know, your web designers and you're in different Facebook groups or you're in a, other membership communities or just understanding like what are people asking and how can you potentially like meet that need where they are? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I'm always, always, I feel like have my eyes open. And that's part of why I even use social media is because I want to consistently be able to have my eyes open, see what people are saying, see what people are struggling with and figure out how I can use my unique set of talents to show up and provide for them exactly what they're asking for, which is interesting because that's also part of your pivot story, Kat. Like, Mm So you had your like dire need to pivot in 2020, but you've pivoted recently, not so much out of necessity, because, but because people are telling you that they need something. So I'd love to like hear your 2021 pivot story. <laughs> I know. All the, all the pivots here, y'all. Yeah. I, I mean, that's really what it is, is I have slowly started sharing about, you know, a little bit more about some of the services that I've been providing for clients in terms of like integration and project management. And we can talk about that on a later episode, but um, really just utilizing my strengths of uh, project management and and understanding like all of the moving pieces of the puzzle um, to step into other businesses and say, okay, hey, you want to launch a course? All right, here's what we need to do from A to Z for your business. Like here's your timeline. You need to do this by X day. Send it to me. You need to do this by X day, like all of those things. And so really being able to like project manage other people in their businesses, I guess is like the best way to say that. Um, I've really been able to lean into the fact that I am a manager and I do enjoy management and I enjoy the problem solving that comes with management. And so for me, I started sharing about it super casually, a few Insta stories here or there, I think an Instagram feed post, like really, really casually. And people started coming, started getting DM inquiries. I started getting email inquiries. And so I've been building an agency and building a team under me to be able to meet these needs and to be able to say, oh, hey, you need launch support. Oh, you need project support. Here we go. This is how we can help you. And that's definitely been something there. I love how Megan said, like staying nimble that's what this is like and I'm such the planner y'all and I know you can't see the videos of us recording but like I've literally got the color-coded like sticky note calendar on my wall like behind Megan and I like as we record this I like love a good plan give me quarterly goals every day all day give me a Trello board with a checklist and a to-do list and all of the things um but but in a small business sphere, we have to have an open hand with all of that. And so, yes, that's why I want you to have like the 90 day game plan, but know that you're going to make pivots within even that 90 day time period as your customer is telling you certain things or as you're starting to see things that are coming up. Um, so I, I love what Megan is talking about in terms of just staying nimble and, and staying flexible and open-handed with the offerings and the services that you are providing so that you can make those strategic pivots as the industry needs you to. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk about a little bit about, okay, so we talked about reasons why from a business perspective you might need to pivot. But I think an important conversation in pivoting should be also about what's going on in your life because mm-hmm. the your business should fit into your life and not take over your life. And so even though this podcast is literally about talking small business, I don't think we ever want to, you know, gloss over the fact that like our business are a part of our real lives. And so I think another reason why you might need to pivot is because either life is happening or you're not enjoying the way that your life is going, right? So for example, a reason that you might need to pivot in my case, I've pivoted in the past because I've had children, um, you know? And so I remember in my wedding planning days, I pivoted after having my first daughter to not necessarily a new business, but how I was going to offer or how how I was going to structure my business. I think, Kat, you talked about this a little bit as well. But like, for example, when I first got it started in wedding planning, there was no rules. I could book as many weddings as I wanted to. I had no kids. When I had Kennedy, my first daughter, I quickly realized I don't want to be away from my daughter you know, 52, you know, weekends out of a a year, right? And so I pivoted and said, okay, I'm going to change my pricing structure and the way that I offer my services so that I can spend more time with my daughter. And I ended up uh, only offering one planning client per month. And so that was a way that I pivoted to make my business fit into the lifestyle that I wanted. And I am super passionate about lifestyle design, which is why part of the reason why I do what I do today and why the bulk of my business or actually all of my business at this point in 2021 is digital product-based because I care so much about protecting my time and how Jeremy and I want to live our life right now and not waiting till we're 80. Um, That is, that is a, a major reason why you might need to pivot. No, I, I think that's so great. And it is also just such a testament to um, what you've built and what your like passions are when it comes to lifestyle design. Like I know we've talked about that so many times in, in our Vox conversations, um, but I love it. It is really inspiring, especially for, you know, someone like me, Enneagram 3, um, more, more, more. What can I keep doing? Like I'm planning for when I'm 80, but no, I need to remember, like, I want to have some of that right now. Um, definitely a, a really interesting, like mental shift. Um, but also like coming from the fact that Megan and I are kind of yin and yang in this conversation, like for me right now, in 2021, the bulk of my business is service, which is a super interesting pivot. Like I went from pretty 50, 50, um, in 2020, pretty 50, 50 on digital products, digital revenue and service revenue. And interestingly enough, the pandemic caused a pivot for more service for me because it was, it was me, it was coaching or a mastermind or now with my integration agency, like it was those types of things. And so, um, super interesting to see that pivot, but I'm the personality type y'all where like when people say like, you know, I mean, we've all heard the book, the four hour work week, probably, um, that sounds awful to me. 
Like it, it legitimately, like it like makes me want to cringe to be like, I would only get to work for four hours in a week. Like, what do I do with my time? Like what else happens? And Megan's laughing at me in this, but like that is my mentality. And some of that, I said this before, like some of that can absolutely be to my detriment, right? Like there are workaholic tendencies at play. There are awful things about an Enneagram three when it comes to work. Okay. They're just really bad mindset shifts that can get in our way. Um, and I say that lovingly to all of the other Enneagram threes out there. Uh, like we are, can fall prey to those things, but, but let's also lean into the fact that that's our superpower and that's our strength is that I do like work. And so if I can do work that I love to do and have a family rhythm that is sustainable for our business, then I want to do that. And so right now that looks like working four days a week from eight to three 30. And I love that. Like it is so fun for me that that is the life that I'm getting to cultivate is where I get to have those pockets of deep work time. But then I also get to wear the mom hat on certain days. And I get to have for Matt and I, the the lifestyle design that fits our strengths and our personalities and our family, which is very opposite of what Megan and Jeremy are creating, yet still really valid for whatever your personality type is or whatever your family culture is. Yeah, absolutely. And we are so different in that way. Like you love to work four days a week and I'm like, give me the four hour work week. (laughs) Right. But it's true, you know, like Jeremy and I, you know, you have goals of you love to manage people and take care of a team and you have growth oriented mindset where Jeremy and I are like, what can we do to make just what we need and not do anything else and then enjoy all of our week not working? You know, So I really like would encourage you to think about what do you want your life to look like? And not just when you're 80, what do you want your life to look like now? And is there potential in the, in the services or products that you're offering or the way that your business is structured? Is there a way that you can create a pivot to allow you to take steps to get towards being in that sweet spot of what you would like your life to look like. I know for Jeremy and I, like it was part of that pivot was bringing Jeremy home. And now he works with me. Um, Same thing for you, Kat, like you brought Matt home and he works for you and you have to take steps strategically in a pivot. So I feel like in the last few minutes of this episode, Kat, I would love to dig into like, how do we strategically take the steps we need to when we're looking at pivoting in our business? First and foremost, it's definitely understanding why the pivot is happening, which we've just talked through like several different reasons why it might need to happen. Is it financial? Is it because of your personality and just changes that you want to make to your business? Or is it because the industry is asking for something? And so it would be the most strategic to make that pivot. So those are kind of three ways and reasons why you might need to pivot. And before making the pivot, it's knowing why is that pivot happening? For me, 2020, a pivot came from... I have to bring in revenue. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. So what can I do that will still serve my people, but also help bring in revenue? And so then in strategically making that pivot, it came down to, okay, what would bring in revenue quickly? What are my options? Let me literally brainstorm. What are the options to bring in revenue? What could I do either the fastest or what could I do the the best? Like what, what is the need here? Um, but understanding the why behind the pivot would absolutely be the first thing that needs to happen before even making the pivot at all. 
Yeah. So in your case, when it was out of necessity, it was like, get scrappy. Yep. Do whatever. It, it was like, just put your head down, do whatever you need to do to bring in the revenue that you need to take care of your family. Absolutely. So that's like, so understanding that why and the why of like the industry is demanding it. I think strategically you're going to look at that new project of like through the lens of like, what's the minimum viable product that I could put out there or minimum viable service that I could put out there to meet the need of the industry and let the industry help me build my product as I go. So for, in my example, when the industry was demanding that I help them create digital products, I had the idea and launched it within six days, which meant there was not an entire course or content built out within my membership. I created the hub where it lives in Kajabi and created a welcome video that said, this is where all the content's going to one day live. And I wrote one email that I sent out on the very same day that I wrote the email and created a sales page. And that was like the minimum viable um, product it was like four steps that I took to launch this thing in six days. And then the, I let my customers build the product with me. So again, it was not, it was not so much about like getting scrappy, but because my why behind my pivot was the industry is demanding it. I had a little bit more flexibility in terms of how I could approach that product and let the industry build it with me because they were demanding it so highly anyways. Um, and then from the perspective of lifestyle design, um, that maybe that the way that you approach that way, and I don't know about how you feel about this cat, but I feel like sometimes when you're approaching a pivot because you want to make a change in the way that your life, make a change in your life, right? Um, sometimes that involves sacrifice. Sometimes you might have to take a pay cut or you might have to take a step back. And so again, it's really understanding like where you're at from a financial perspective with your family. Like if you need to get scrappy, get scrappy. But if you need to make a change because it's like, hey, this is not working out. Like maybe your marriage is suffering or you're not seeing your kids enough or you want to make a change in your life. I'm going to guess that you're probably going to have to make some sort of sacrifice in that situation. Absolutely agree. And I can look back at pivots I've made where that there was sacrifice in that. You know, when we brought Matt home, that was a lifestyle design. Like we wanted him home. We wanted the flexibility for our marriage, for future kids to be able to travel, to be able, you know, all of these things that we wanted to cultivate. So we were sacrificing what he was making for what the business could pay him, you know, and knowing like, okay, it's, it's not quite, you know, matching, but we're willing to take that pay cut for him to come home and get to create this lifestyle that we wanted. And so um, I wholeheartedly agree that in order to have that lifestyle, there is sacrifice and you are the only one that's going to be able to weigh the pros and cons and know like, is the sacrifice worth it? And maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but you'll, you will be able to look at all of the pieces of that puzzle and decide if that is the best fit and the best pivot for the lifestyle that you want. Yeah. I think all in all from this conversation, I hope that you feel encouraged that having to pivot or feeling a need to pivot um, is not a bad thing. And it doesn't mean you're failing um, in any way. You know, there's different reasons why you might need to take a, a pivot in your business, but I hope you do feel encouraged that it's okay. It's actually sometimes a really good thing. You might learn something about yourself and about your customers. And, um, you know, that's really the beautiful, beautiful thing about small business and um, you should own it. 
own your small business and the fact that you can stay nimble. Absolutely. And just a word of encouragement too, especially for my planner friends out there, you're not married to any pivot that you make. So just because the industry is saying something or you maybe you're feeling a pull and you want to try something new, like just try it, y'all. Like I feel like I started out 2020 with making necessary financial pivots. And now in 2021, I'm making some pivots to try out. Like, oh, I, I think people are asking me for this. I'm, I'm not really sure if this is the quarterly plan for the year, but I'm just going to try it and see what happens. And it's been really, really cool to, I, I hate to say like throw spaghetti on the wall because I don't want it to seem like there isn't any strategy. There does still need to be strategy. You still want to have a profitable business. You still want to serve your people really, really well. But sometimes you just have to try something, offer the product, offer the service, see what happens and see if the pivot can become a real actual 90 degree turn. I hope this episode today was encouraging for you if you are considering taking a pivot in your small business, and we will see you next time. Catch you in the next conversation. 